0: Everything's from stadiums to alumni teams. You don't want to miss this week's episode of the Indie Ball Report Podcast. All right, we're back. Episode number 213 of the Indie Bar Report podcast. I'm Nick. He's well. And uh, we have another week of a bunch of kind of little miscellaneous stories, you know, column A stuff, column B stuff. They're able to kind of group together into three or four main categories. So we'll go over all of that in due time. But uh, yeah, we that's what we have to present for you this week.
1: Almost. I mean, minor league season getting underway this week, too. So Season's right around the corner.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, when this comes out, we're only going to be about, what, 20 days away from Atlantic League opening day?
1: Yeah, just about.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we'll have a preview for you soon enough. And also, next week, we're going to have an interview, too, but uh, we'll tell you more about that later on. So... We are reaching the end of the offseason, but before that, we do have stuff to discuss, and that stuff is the 25th anniversary team. We have another two members of that for the Atlantic League, and these are two that I think more of our uh, general base is going to remember, guys that played in Somerset, played in Long Island, played in Newark. So, you know, we'll open up with the 11th member of the team, and that is Victor Rodriguez. He has been named to the team, our 2004 Somerset Patriot, a Nork Bear in 06 and 07, a Long Island Duck in 2009, and a Bridgeport slash York player for 2010. He won the MVP twice. Technically one was a co-MVP, but still I can count that as a one MVP. That is the most MVP awards in Atlantic League history. Only player with multiple MVP awards, as you could probably guess from that statement the all-time career batting average leader at a career 343 average, a two-time postseason all-star, a 2014 all-star, just normal all-star as an all-star game, and as we mentioned, a two-time Atlantic League champion in 07 with the Bears in 2010 with the York Revolution. He is the latest addition to the team, and I believe the first shortstop on the
1: team as well. Yeah, Rodriguez is a no brainer, just, um, just because, I mean, Nick, you mentioned all the accolades, and, uh, I think really one of the best hitters that this league has ever seen, like longevity wise, and I, as far as guys who have, you know, who have played multiple seasons, uh, in the Atlantic League, and just a guy who consistently was able to get on base no matter what, and, the fact that uh you know the only player in league history to win multiple mvp awards i think that almost i think that pretty much speaks for itself in the sense that he was really one of the best hitters that that the league um has ever seen and you know the all-time leader and all-time leader in batting average kind of makes you a no-brainer for a yeah. top 25 list anyway but yeah rodriguez is a, a, an excellent player um Played with, played with, uh, with quite a few Atlantic League teams. So, um, so different fan fan bases can, you know, say that they got a chance to, to watch him on their team. So, uh, yeah, a guy that re- truly a, made his mark on the Atlantic League uh, during his time playing. And I mean, statistically, just an absolute no doubter for this list, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. The paper list of accolades certainly add up there. This is a guy that dominated essentially every every season he played, and he was a dominant player and effective player. He may not have been here the longest, only, I believe, about five seasons he played in the Atlantic League, but he was always a productive player, and that is definitely worthy of note. Also, like we've been saying, the the list of awards, the two-time champion, two-time MVP, all-time leaders and stats. It, it just makes sense here. He's a guy that I think a lot of people also remember. I know I have his baseball cards somewhere in the giant tub of baseball cards I have under my bed. So it is definitely a, a welcome addition. And we go from one Rodriguez to another Rodriguez. So I definitely like the addition. Like you said, well, he he meets uh, just by every box you could possibly uh, put in front of him. He checks all of them. And on uh, on that note, there is a second guy who was named yesterday, meaning Thursday. And that's the 12th member of the team, John Brownell. Uh, he is probably best known for his many years in Long Island, 2012 to 2018. And then a short stint in High Point in 2019. So this is one of the first guys, I think, if not the first guy that was actually covered on this show at some point, uh, that is on this team as well. In any event, uh, Brownell was um, the 2015 Pitcher of the Year. He is also the all-time uh, career playoff wins, complete and complete games. Uh, record holder, five playoff wins, 24 complete games. He is tied for most in shutouts, which was five. I thought that was kind of surprisingly low, but I guess if you had to throw a complete game to get credit for a shutout, then it does make sense why it would be that which then makes it kind of impressive that about 20% of his complete games were, were shutouts. That's really quite impressive. In any event, he is third all-time in wins with 67 and third all-time in innings pitched with just over 1,025 innings. Uh, There is also one other accolade, besides being a 2012 ALPB champion, uh, that is his second all-time in strikeouts with 770 strikeouts in the Atlantic League. A very distinguished career, a uh, long career, and one where it is full of a lot of accolades.
1: Yeah, when you talk about you know, guys who, when you talk about longevity in the Atlantic League and uh, guys who were who were a perfect fit for this list, I mean, Brownell's right at the top of it. And I almost I almost found it interesting, and I don't remember 100%, but I'm pretty sure Brownell was signed to go back to high point, I think, in 2020, in 2020 pre-pandemic yeah. uh, as well. But it, it is kind of cool also that, you know, the last start of his career was against the Ducks in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But, yeah, I mean, he's just a guy that was a front line ace uh, for for the ducks for a long time. And he's a guy that, you know, he he never had the most, he never had the best stuff. He never had he never was, was a guy who was punching out eight to ten batters a start. That's just not who he was. He, he didn't have overpowering velocity, but what he did do is he had excellent command. Uh, was able to mix up his pitches, keep the hitters off balance. And he was able to get uh, able to get weak contact and against like these these great lineups that that he was that he was facing uh really throughout his Atlantic League career. And uh, and there's a big reason why you know, he would continue to be thrown out there and just remarkably consistent is what well. I mean, a guy who would who would be you know you'd be putting up you would go really deep into games as you mentioned the complete game stat um, as well I mean it, there are so few guys in Atlantic League history really that you could say were consistently as starting pitchers posting uh, seasons up around 200 innings it just doesn't really happen um, especially with you know a lot a lot of the turnover and you know there's there's guys like you know Brownell and like Daryl Thompson certainly in that class as well uh, but. I think yeah, and Brunell, of course, pitched till he was—I mean, he pitched till he was 36, uh, and and had a really strong stint with High Point to end his to end his career. And of course, the the playoff start against the Long Island Ducks too, which was I'm sure was cool for for him to end his career that way. Even though, and I'm pretty sure he was signed in 2020 uh, to go back there before the pandemic kind of screwed things up, and that was I guess the end of that. But yeah, absolute no brainer for this list. Brownell started, won so many big games for the Ducks. I mean, I know the Ducks fans absolutely love him. Um, and yeah, just a, a guy that again, did not have the best stuff, command and mixing speeds and stuff like that, just outsmarting the opposition. And that's what Brownell did. He was that he was just that kind of guy and pitched. I mean, of course, well into his thirties truly was one when you talk about like, you know, longevity and cumulative numbers. What the near the top of, of most pitching categories uh, in the in Atlantic League history. So, I mean, when you talk about the top 25 uh, greatest players uh, in Atlantic League history and, you know, you would have let down to however many pitchers. Brownell's got to be mentioned in that group. And I'm glad he was. He,
0: certainly. I mean, he was one of the true tentpole pitchers of the league for essentially his whole tenure there. What kind of surprised me, he really only ever got one shot in affiliated ball. You know, he had one season in the Phillies organization, then he got cut, and then it was just pretty much straight independent league ball. I believe a little bit in the Frontier League, a little bit in the American Association, too. I don't recall if there was any, like, Northern League in there, too. I don't think there was, but... There was. There was? Okay. Yes. 2010. 20. Ah, okay, that would do it. So, yeah, so he had a little bit in there beforehand. But, yeah, a true independent league pitcher, when you get down to it, the guy has all the uh, all stats to back it up and is truly one of the talented pitchers of the game, uh, without a doubt there. Now, my question would be, would you put him ahead of a Daryl Thompson as far as all-time starters go?
1: That's a really good question. I would say no um okay. and i think that just because daryl thompson i think was and again you know we're 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 picking straws here and they're very yeah. similar i think they're very similar profiles very similar careers uh even though uh daryl thompson is still you know pitching and uh and they're 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 pretty similar i would say that the best of Daryl Thompson was better than the best of John Brownell, but that's not to you know take anything away from him. Both have been both had awesome careers. I think they're pretty similar to compare, but I think that uh, and and again Thompson's still you know writing his story as well. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that when I when I come down to it, and a lot of the you know the numbers are similar, like cumulative wise, I think the best of Tom of Daryl Thompson was better. Than the best of Brownell, but just a little bit, but it's really close.
0: See, that's what gets it for me is just with Daryl, he's still going and he doesn't show any signs of like deterioration. He doesn't break off any. He's also been the best pitcher in a given year a few more times, you know? Yeah. He just, he manages to get through it. That being said, as far as postseason goes, Brownell's probably the better guy if for no other best reason point. than he's gotten more games. Like, I don't think this is any slight towards Daryl. It's just a matter of being in Southern Maryland. You don't really get a lot of playoff games. And yeah. it, it's just the unfortunate reality. If Daryl Thompson was pitching for, say, Somerset or pitching for Long Island for the bulk of his career, then I think it's a lot more of a runaway in that favor because you have a bit more support around you. You're in a system which, you know, you, I don't know if you're guaranteed a playoff spot. I mean, we saw this past year. That's not true but you know you have pretty good odds i mean even in like a lancaster or york i feel like they make the postseason and do a lot better than uh than the blue crabs do on any kind of given day right so like it i feel like that's the one thing where it's like okay well if it's a playoff game i would rather go with more of a, a known commodity that being said too you know it it's not exactly a fair thing to grade somebody on and I'm sure if you gave Daryl the the same amount of playoff reps maybe the numbers aren't identical but I feel like they're in the same camp too
1: yeah I, I think the postseason and again that's not a, that's nothing against Daryl Thompson but if, if Daryl Thompson was on a long Island of Somerset uh, a Sugarland,
0: oh I, yeah, he, I forgot there's, to, yeah. There,
1: there's there's no doubt about it that he would he would have the chance to Pitching some really huge games, and I mean, unfortunately, you know, for for Daryl Thompson, and I guess it wasn't, and last year wasn't the case, or really the last two years where Southern Maryland's been pretty good. Uh, I but historically, though, it's basically, I mean, of course, you know, Southern Maryland had the had their championship series appearance in 2015, um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, but then you know, like they're they just had not had much success, or uh, it, I mean, it's not like they've been terrible, but uh, but certainly is not had the uh, and the brand of you know Brownell pitching for. Of co- I, I think you could also bring up the other point with Brownell that hey he has pitched for a, a duck a, a Ducks fan base that is really that is that is, you know that's a really diehard fan base yeah. and uh, a guy that is a lot more well known. I Hate to say it, but you know Daryl Thompson pitching in front of uh, a lot mostly empty ballparks. Uh, in in southern Maryland for uh, a lot a lot of his career and you know I think that when when it comes to how fans think of it uh, you know who who aren't as familiar with the numbers and the and you know the accolades and the stuff and stuff like that probably more Atlantic League fans probably know J- John Brownell more than more than Daryl Thompson um, but I I think that you know when you when you when it boils down to it I would probably give the edge to Thompson but it's close it, it's really close and I think that's Whenever Daryl Thompson is done pitching, but I guess in like 2028, uh, when, he, when he's retired after enough, so after funny. winning his seventh straight Atlantic League Pitcher of the Year award at age 44, uh, then maybe we could have a different conversation.
0: I just see it now. The Atlantic League Championship Series, that last uh, at bat, it's going to be like a 50 year old Daryl Thompson and a 60 year old Lou Ford just duking it out. I'm looking forward to that because that's the only way that can end.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only way he can act.
0: Yeah, and and in fairness to Daryl, too, he's had to pitch on a field that was lit on fire. So that's another handicap working against him.
1: You know, and it's fair. Uh, but, I, you know, I think it's it's close. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's an interesting discussion, though, for sure.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. So on that note... We will switch over to some staffing news. There's a bunch of hirings, and one actually includes uh, the someone from our list of the 25, or I guess of 12 guys so far, and that is Luis Machete Rodriguez. He has been named the pitching coach for the Long Island Ducks. He replaces Nelson Figueroa, who left for a broadcast media job, as stated on the Ducks website. I tried looking to see where Figgy got hired to. Uh, I couldn't really find it, at least not uh, with a quicker... I guess a quicker end of a Google search. I did a couple of them, and I couldn't really find much. So, uh, yeah, Figueroa was supposed to come over. He was came from Stanton Island to Long Island, or I guess back to Long Island. And now uh, he's out, and Machete is in.
1: I, I will say it is, I guess, interesting, but I guess it makes sense, you know, that you have a, uh, a catcher being the, the pitching coach. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a little you can see it being fine it's just like I don't know I've never heard of it before I guess also like you don't know what kind of options they have to with uh, with you know Figueroa leaving at this point uh but I don't know it's I'm interested to see I mean we've we've talked extensively about uh, about Luis Rodriguez, we at believe last week when, yes, he was we on the, uh, when when he was on the uh when he was on the the 25 on the top 25 list for the Atlantic League uh but I don't know it's it's oftentimes you could, you may find that catchers know more about pitching than pitchers do. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes.
0: See what I like about this hiring, cause I really do like it is that you got a guy that was a manager in this league, not that long ago, you know, 2018 being his last year with that. And he was a coach before that granted player coach. Yes, but still a coach nonetheless. So you have a essentially an extra manager on your staff, a guy that kind of knows what he's doing. And, you know, he's a well-known enough guy, especially when he was in Bridgeport, which is just right across the sound from uh, from the Ducks. So maybe you could draw some people in from that. I doubt that. That's not really what the goal of this is. It's just, I think it's a really competent signing. I like him as a coach. He did a lot of really good things with that Bridgeport team, a Bridgeport team that should have made the postseason in 2018, but because of the Atlantic League system of, we just got to use half champions they kind of got screwed. And in the end, he didn't get to take that team to the postseason in their last year, which could have been a really nice hurrah. We could have had a River City Rascals type moment before the Rascals did it. So it's a bit disappointing on that front. But overall, I think as a manager, there's enough there that prove that he's a good a good manager and if you're a good manager i gotta assume you could be a good support coach which is essentially what a pitching or hitting coach is they're a specialty coach that supports the team as a whole and it just feels like a really nice uh, addition to the staff i i really do like it now is he going to be better than figueroa was i don't know it's hard to say but in the end i don't think it's a bad hiring at all i really do like it
1: yeah i don't think so i don't think so either it's um Certainly interesting, and I, I think a guy who's, you know, who's been around the league for for quite a long time. But that managerial experience, I'm sure, all, also does help, especially. And I know um, that'll help Wally Backman as well. Not that Wally Backman needs uh, a whole lot of help in, in managerial wise, but uh, yeah, I think it's it, it's it's definitely an an interesting hire. I'm, I'm excited to see how he does.
0: Yeah, absolutely there and on that note we will switch to a player coach still in the atlantic league and that is ian mckinney he has been added to gastonia as a player coach this was back in march this was announced i didn't see it actually listed on the website until yesterday but it is dated for march 14th so i suppose i just missed it uh which is my bad that we didn't get to talk about this sooner. But in any case, uh, Ian McKinney, a former Cardinals slash Mariners farmhand, got his highest AAA, spent some time in Sioux City in 2018, was with the Honey Hunters last year. So he is kind of a known uh, commodity, I guess. Uh, he's being added, so he's going to be playing a little bit. He's going to be coaching the pitchers. Uh It'll be interesting to see how this goes. He seems like a all-right pitcher himself, but hey, if they like him and they think he could be a good coach, why not?
1: Yeah, I can't really speak to how good of a coach he is, but, you know, he's a guy who's been around a little bit and pitched an affiliated ball for, for quite a while. I mean, it, the one thing in Gastonia last year, he had his struggles, for sure, yeah. uh, 540, 540 ERA and 14 starts. I don't know. I, I think that if it's something to bring him back, and, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know how picky certain uh, certain teams can be pitching-wise, you know? yeah. Uh, so I think that if... As far I can't really speak to him as far as you know how good of a coach he is, but I think that uh, I think anytime you can get a guy with double AA, A, triple A experience, especially in this era of Atlantic League pitching, I think you got to go for it uh, and and do what you got to do uh, to get him in. So uh, I don't know, yeah, it, it's it's a, him being a player coach is is certainly interesting, uh, but he seems okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's also a younger guy, he's under 30, I believe about 28 right now, so it helps to have kind of a younger guy on the staff, I think, maybe just to relate to guys, kind of like, know how they came up in, you know, professional baseball on the college level, so that way you can kind of be like, all right, I know you probably did something similar to this, so try doing this, this is how you may want to improve it, or just knowing how to talk and communicate with them, how to build a uh, relationship or a rapport, with them you know it it feels like that's just something nice to have on the staff and the fact that he can kind of go out there go through the grind with them I think maybe helps relate a little bit more maybe makes it seem like okay he he knows the struggle he's not far removed from it because he's still doing it so I think that's certainly a positive as well uh, like you said, I can't really talk to his coaching uh, abilities either, so it's hard to say more than that. But it's an interesting hire. Uh, at the very least, they have a talented arm still on the staff. So uh, even with some struggles last year, he seems like a solid enough player. So we'll be we'll watch to see how that goes. And certainly, Gastonia, if they could repeat their success from last year, would result in a pretty solid year. Uh, given. Given the results of being one of, if not the best team in the Atlantic League last year. That's true. So that's certainly a positive there. Uh, on that note, we go to the last of the coaching hirings. This was in the Pioneer League. This is over in Glacier with the Ridge Rangers. And this is Michael. Oh, the what? I mean, aren't they the Ridge Rangers?
1: The Range Riders. Range Riders.
0: Uh, I knew. See, I always get them confused because I just see RR and the fact that their name's Glacier, it, it's, it messes me up.
1: Like, at least get one of them right. At least get one of the names right.
0: <laughs> I'm getting flamed on my own show. Oh, this is two. horrific. This is horrific. My God. Well, well fine. I'm just going to refer them as Glacier from now on because it's going to work <laughs> easier. And technically, I did get one right. I got the name of the place right.
1: Okay, that doesn't count.
0: All right, well, find then. I'll, I'll take it out with Michael McDonald, his new baseball analytics and performance science guy he's going to oversee all the data tracking performance tracking so he's going to collect data he's going to track it all it's at flathead field which is the lone ballpark in the league with uh, trackman and Yakatech. he's got a bunch of other accolades it's listed in the release it's a technical coordinator at uh, chanticleers baseball so i assume that meant coastal carolina because he's also worked at coastal carolina in the past so I'll assume it's the same, you know, thing. It could be different. I don't exactly know. All I know is he worked in the Mexican League, he worked at AAA, it has actual bench coach and hitting coach experience, granted, and as an intern or interim uh, coach, granted, but still nonetheless counts. And overall, he has a pretty robust resume. I really do like it. I'm kind of surprised he's on the Pioneer League with uh, this kind of a seemingly decently built resume, but like, hey, good for him. So he's in yep. Glacier, because that's what we're gonna call it from now on. Or at least what I'm gonna call it.
1: I think that i, I agree. I think the resume is extremely extensive. I mean a guy who's a who was I mean, in arm or not, doesn't really matter. It's yeah. just, he was it was like a hitting coach in AAA. Like that's yeah. freaking awesome.
0: And a bench coach at uh Oh, it was in Tijuana, right?
1: In the Mex- yeah, in the, in the for the Tijuana Toros. So, yeah. and that's it. And which is a really good team down there. I mean, they're they're usually in the thick of it every year. But I didn't. Yeah, i I I don't know. Like he's his resume is awesome. So I think anytime you have a guy like that who's advising um, based on is analytics, maybe not even analytics too, just being as another another voice and uh, another opinion in the room too. I think it seems like a, a terrific hire. Honestly, I'm, I'm almost—I I agree with you, Nick. I'm a little surprised that the Frontier League is where he where he currently uh, where he ended up because
0: Pioneer he, League, but yeah. What did I say? Frontier.
1: Mother. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> now we've both messed up in this segment. Yep. Now we're, we're back to Ethan.
1: Tough. Uh, uh, yeah. So in the Pioneer League, uh, I'm kind of surprised that's where that's where he ended up. So uh, I think I think it's a, an excellent hire for 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 sure
0: yeah I, I really do like it i like you said i'm kind of surprised he's not in a higher league like a frontier or like really an american association or atlantic league i mean the atlantic yeah, league
1: sure, that's the point i was making yeah you know, in the spoke, you know yeah yeah
0: that's it but like i'm sh- like i'm kind of surprised because the atlantic league has all of the TrackMan stuff they have yakitek stuff in a lot of the ballparks too like i'm kind of surprised that they're not bringing him in for this now you know maybe there's more to it but it does seem like a pretty good hire, and it's the kind of thing that does put you a little bit ahead of other people, other, you know, teams in this league, and judging off of how, the, how Glacier did last year, it wouldn't shock me to see them kind of improve. Obviously, they can only get better, but even still, the Pioneer League on any given year, it feels pretty open. Like, is always there, but outside of Missoula, there seems to be some real fluctuation in who's at the top, who's on the bottom, right? So I wouldn't be surprised to see this really help out, especially for a pioneer league that uh, really pertains to younger players, guys just starting their career. To have that kind of advanced information for them, like that seems to be a really great boost to a young career, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think, I mean, you know, maybe he just... Loves Flathead Valley, Montana.
0: It could be. Cal- Kalispell is lovely that time of year, you know?
1: If that's what I hear. I-, I cannot speak from personal experience, but that's what I hear.
0: You want to go out to Kalispell, Montana?
1: Not particularly.
0: <laughs> but it's lovely that time of year.
1: If that's what I hear. I don't know.
0: I-, I feel like you should want to confirm this with some sort of journalistic integrity. Go go confirm.
1: All right, cool. I'll, I'll find an airport to fly into and in Montana.
0: You know you now. Let,
1: you let me you let me know flights at out of EWR and we could go
0: <laughs> Let's let's see uh, Nork I'm I'm going to look it up right now cuz this is the short week anyway so we got time Nork to Kalispell How do you spell Kalispell There it is Thank you Autofill.
1: Google Google response There is an airport
0: pal. in Kalispell round trips 400 dollars although I'm 425 from Alaska Airlines it's connecting admittedly it's a day and five hours worth of flying so that's right off the board paying the extra roughly $30 to cut that down to a United flight that's only seven hours and 44 minutes seems like a good life investment yeah so you absolutely can May 1st you fly out you come back May 9th it's a round trip the cheap ones, the 477 flights are unfortunately out of LaGuardia. So that's just not going to fly.
1: Oh, is that the deal breaker?
0: However, if you bump up to 592, there's a one stop over in Denver for about an hour and change. It flies out of Newark. It leaves at 744. You get in at 128, which seems like the time all of these flights get in at. I'm not going to lie to you. Every single one gets in at. 1 p.m. So you could get in for first pitch, really. So
1: you get there for first pitch, <laughs>
0: you absolutely can. Like, <laughs> we got to go back to the glacier site, we're gonna take a look here. 2023 schedule. Uh, let's see. Ah, oh, no, they don't start play until uh, May 23rd. Their whole first home game is May 30th. Oh. Oh. What, what,
1: if the, what if the runway is like a literal glacier?
0: That sounds extremely dangerous, and also like something I want to get involved in.
1: Yeah, it sounds like something I'd rather I'd love to do.
0: Yeah, really. Oh god, it gets more expensive. Like looking at the Google Flights thing, most of these things are like seven hundred plus dollars to fly out to Montana. Like with all due respect, Montana, I'm not paying eight hundred dollars well, to fly no, there's
1: there. There's no flights that go to Montana. That's the point.
0: <laughs> are you disrespecting Montana?
1: No, I'm not disrespecting Montana. They got they got some great football that goes on out there. Some great FCS football, but you know they have the gla- they also have the Glacier Range Riders too.
0: I mean, I don't know. I've, it sounds like Montana slanted to me. Oh God, none of them fly out. All I see the problem here because Google changed from Nork to uh, New York, and that's just not what we want. We want Nork explicitly. Okay. Dude,
1: only of, the only airport we do not. Do, we, this is not a JFK stand podcast.
0: <laughs> You're still annoyed with the mini aren't you? The what? You're still annoyed with the mini bat.
1: I am annoyed about the mini bad, Although that's a Vegas thing. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a, that was a Vegas uh,
0: airport problem. Airport, but even airport, still, that was
1: a TSA thing. There. I'd still blame JFK anyway. What the hell am I going to do with a friggin' mini I
0: don't know. You could just go crazy and start attacking people.
1: Yeah. Just go Make on the news. Then start whacking people with my Las Vegas aviators mini bat.
0: If you do, I prefer if you could start screaming the show name out as you're doing it, we could use the free press
1: that, uh, you know, you know what they say? No press is bad press.
0: <laughs> exactly. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to figure that out, but I do appreciate one thing. It seems like because all the pioneer league sites use the same exact template. They put all of the promotions on there. Even the ones for visiting teams. So, like, on the Glacier site, it has the Great Falls promotions.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah. Which, I gotta say, if you are in Great Falls, there are some good promotions opening weekend. There's a hack giveaway. There is a, uh, the opening day one where they're giving away magnets and wooden nickels. I'm not really sure what you're going to do with the white nickel, but whatever. Uh, there's a t-shirt giveaway, a brewing night. There's some positives here. And then, uh, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm only seeing visiting promotions. That's, I like that's something it. that we want to address. But, yeah, so there's there's options there. But in any case, so that's the last of these hirings. Now, let's say you wanted to go to the ballpark in Kalispell. You wanted to go to Flathead Field. Well, you can't go to Flathead Field because... As we shift the stadium news, the naming rights got sold to Glacier Bank. So now it is Glacier Bank Park, and it's going to be that way until 2023. It's a 10-year deal. There's nothing really important about that, but I feel like you should know it, and we were tight on news this week, so now you do know it. There you go. So I would plan a trip to uh, Glacier Bank Park if I was you. Maybe not if you're on the East Coast, though. It's going to run you about $700 a head for a round-trip ticket, so...
1: And that's the content people come to learn.
0: This is exactly what they're here for. They're here to learn about Kalispell, Montana. And the great things going on there with their baseball team.
1: Exactly.
0: So, uh, likewise, with Great Falls, we just mentioned them as well. They're getting a brand new playing surface. It's going to be a grass surface. This is new. Normally, we see these, uh, uh, what do we call them, AstroTurf, but they're not AstroTurf, just regular turf fields are normally what's being put in now, so you could do a lot of different events, which is really what I would think in Montana you'd want to put a field in that uh, maybe isn't grass that dies in the winter. Um, it could take a little bit more of a beating, but that's, uh, you know, that's a decision there. But one thing I found that was very interesting about this, uh, I guess, a little YouTube video that explains all of this. You know when was the last time they replaced this field? When? 60 years ago.
1: 60 years ago.
0: That's what the video said. Video's at 60. News reports at 60. Sheesh. So, <laughs> bravo to that field staff, man. I mean, like, the grounds crew does a hell of a job. They managed to maintain this thing for 60 years. Six zero.
1: Oh, that is, that is awesome.
0: Yeah, so, good for the Voyagers. They're going to get a new field to play on, and I think it is almost certainly well-deserved, so... Go for them
1: for sure
0: yes nope they tore everything up so it's just dirt right now and they're going to put down a new turf there although i feel like that's the kind of thing you may want to it's, see what's weird is normally you do grass and stuff in the fall because it grows better but that's really just for lawns and not baseball fields but i gotta imagine grass science is similar but the winter is also harsher in montana so i'm not sure if you want to do that before the winter and that'd be why they're doing it now
1: I would have no idea, to be honest with
0: you. <laughs> we need a grass scientist is what we need. First, we need an Audubon enthusiast from last week, which we never got. And now we need some sort of grass scientist. I don't know what the exact term would be. Um, if anyone knows what the exact term for grass scientist would be, please contact the show. But Or if you're a grass scientist, please contact the show. I'm very interested in this now. Uh, but I'll probably forget about it, so maybe I'm not that interested. In any case, uh, Lexington's also doing ballpark upgrades, too. Uh, they're going to be extending the netting around the stadium, putting a playground in, upgrading some viewing decks and some hospitality areas, and doing some new suites as well. If you want to see renderings of all that linked in the show notes, you can take a look at it. It looks nice, but renderings always look nice. We'll see how it comes out, and uh, we'll see if that helps attendance. But... Um, I'm sure our friend Ryan would have a lot of thoughts on why attendance in Lexington is up and down, to say the least.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure he would. But you know, I think. I mean, playground sounds fun, though.
0: <laughs> it definitely. It could be like Rockland with their yeah. playground area, which definitely doesn't lead to any annoying nights there. That's true. So we'll never. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, last piece of serious uh, stadium news. Uh, go market park, the Charleston dirty birds ballpark is now cashless. Uh, if you have a credit card, a debit card, or use mobile payments, like, you know, paying with your phone or a watch or something like that, you can do that. That'll be fine. That's pretty much anywhere you can buy stuff. So a team store, one of the little cart areas on the, uh, and I guess the, the open areas on the, I'm blanking on the name of it, uh, con- concourse. That's what I'm thinking of. Any of the stands on the concourse concessionaries all that you can use a card or a mobile payment device if you have cash you can exchange it for a cash card which essentially is just a team ran debit card so yeah if you're kind of weird about that and don't want to use a card for whatever reason there's your other option i don't imagine this is going to deter anybody um but i imagine a couple people will complain about it because they think they're special um so yeah there's that
1: I haven't used cash in quite a long time, to be honest with you, so that doesn't bother me at all.
0: Yeah, I I just don't like cash. It just feels like a worse version of a debit card, and a debit card's a worse worse version of a credit card, so it just kind of defeats the purpose. I just want to know, can I use Google Pay here, or is that just not a thing?
1: We don't want to go down this road.
0: (laughs) Are you sure? Because now I'm willing to admit I I have upgraded from Google Pay. I I do use Zelle now.
1: Thank God. Zell's <laughs> that was, that was, that was good. But,
0: but Google Pay is just... It's a non-starter for you?
1: I, I just don't... Never heard of anyone else who uses it.
0: McDonald's accepts Google Pay, Will.
1: I, I'm i glad they accept Google Pay. I mean, I guess right. sir, just, you'd be shit out of luck.
0: <laughs> I know. Now I can get my McCrispy. Side fries, had, maybe a Coke.
1: $1.79 for it.
0: Yeah. I just see that the problem too is i don't really ever go to mcdonald's either now this is of course the content people are here for but uh, yeah i just felt like it was important to say now that i have zelle and that's the only reason i have it is because i went out the other day and i need to pay my one friend back i was like i could either paypal you this money or next time i see i can give you cash he's like do you have zelle i'm like no i don't really have he's like check the td app see maybe if you could just do it through that i was like okay and I was like, hey, look, it's actually in the TD app. Let me see yeah, how much re- re- work we go into setting this up. And yeah, I was like...
1: It's put in like a Zelle app. It's like right on the TD Bank
0: app. See, this is information I didn't know until they updated the TD app. And I haven't checked that app for a while. Mainly because I just haven't really needed to. So... Yeah. And I also thought like it would require a lot of permissions and stuff. It wouldn't just be like three clicks. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, I
0: you know it's not Venmo, but it's a start. It's a start. Like I said, we're slowly catching up here. So I hope I could use either Google Pay, PayPal, or uh, or I guess now Zelle at uh, go mart Park. So that's all there is there. and There you go. Yeah, we we got a couple other things here. Which one thing I just wanted to mention. You see the April Fools prank or joke that York made with the Ferris wheel
1: uh did they announce they were putting in a ferris wheel yes
0: they did in their parking lot and all i was thinking was hey somerset oh yeah i remember when they announced that i
1: remember when they said that we'll see if that happens
0: i really hope it doesn't it just looked really stupid probably yeah plus like where are you gonna put that like where are you gonna put it where it's not just obnoxiously stupid plus like who wants to ride a ferris wheel where your view is like a ballpark a shopping center with a Home Depot and a Target in 287. Like, just imagine going up. Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day. Hey, look at all the attracted trailers on 287. <laughs> Go right back down. <laughs> I can see
1: South Brook from here it's
0: great hey look i can see that guy that broke down over there
1: i can see the quick check on main street Ooh,
0: it's just such it's so beautiful this time of year hey look that guy's picking up all his mulch for the season like come on like it would be cool if there's a baseball game going on but i gotta imagine they're not running during a baseball game and even then the novelty wears off very quickly yeah probably not but yeah, it would be kind of fun though, if for nothing else. But yeah, so York was joking about that. They were like, "The London Eyes are inspiration." I'm thinking, "You sure it's not the team that was in the league you were in that's like four hours up the road that wasn't your inspiration?" Yeah, exactly. But like, whatever. There, only little bit of news that we have left to add for the week. Uh, Gastonia moved up their tryout to 412. So this upcoming Wednesday. So if you're registered for that. Uh, it just got moved. You should have an email about it. So it's no longer going to be uh, this past week or whatever the prior date was. It's now the 12th. I figure I should just mention it. That date, that whole tryout is already full. So we're not going to bother adding that to the tryout list. Uh, but just if you're already registered, feel like you should know it. Give you another chance to, to find that information out. Uh, likewise, Frederick also announced a tryout that is on the 22nd of the month. So that is not next saturday but the saturday after that uh so be aware of that if you want to get involved with it it is at the frederick ballpark the one the keys play out of uh cost is 100 starts at 10. check in as a 10 i should say the tryout itself starts at 11. so uh be aware of that and if you're interested there you go it's a tryout not much else to say just feel like we should make you aware of it we're adding that one as well as the florence and the Lexington one that we mentioned last week onto the actual list. I'm a little bit behind on it. It's been a busy week. We're going to get that updated, though. It should be all good to go by the time this comes out. If not, by the time it comes out, certainly by Sunday. So, there you go.
1: Uh, it's a tryout.
0: <laughs> it's a tryout. I feel like we need to make t-shirts and say, it's a tryout. But... Yeah, so that's all we really got for the week. Uh, a bit of a shorter week, but there really wasn't too much going on here. It's always the call before the storm when we kind of get into these, I guess, early April weeks. Because we see baseball coming, but it's not quite there yet. So, on that note, I guess we'll go to the plugs and then we'll get out of here. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at Pod, You can do so on Instagram at AOPB underscore news and at Indie Ball Report. You can find show notes and l- with the links to everything we discussed today, as well as articles that try out sheet I just mentioned and much, much more uh, available on the website, indieballreport.com. And you can find the show wherever you find podcasts, tune in, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify google podcast amazon music all the major ones and then a lot of the minor ones as well so be sure to rate and review if you can and don't forget to subscribe to not miss any episodes there Uh, with that said do we have anything else left to add this week
1: um nba playoffs start next week let's go celtics that's all i gotta say this is gonna be this is gonna be the year they win the championship
0: I only got, like, two things to add. Um, I don't really have much of a comment for basketball, but one, I just realized that this is episode 213. Like, I know I said that when we first came on, but I just realized it. And that was the section that me and my dad had season tickets in at the Garden the one year we did. So that's pretty cool. like to point that out. And two, did you see this morning that Aaron Altier signed with uh, Tri-City? I did not. Yeah, Aaron Altier signed in Tri-City.
1: Did he get cut from the KBO? Apparently
0: so. And what's funny is they teased this last night. They teased the major and roster thing. We're like, we're going to announce at nine. Do you believe it? And I I tweeted out, like, I don't believe it because we don't get lucky with things like this. They always announce things once we're done recording.
1: Wow, he didn't even play last year.
0: Really? He didn't play at all?
1: No. Like, he... He had two good years in the KBO and then just didn't play last year. Man. So I don't know what happened. I mean, it's funny because, like, like uh, it's kind of crazy because, like, Altair was, was a legit prospect when it was coming up. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that that's a great signing for them, though. I mean, an excellent signing. Yeah. And,
0: like, what's funny about Altair is <laughs> back in 2019, I remember – I did like one week where I just pumped out a bunch of either videos, articles, or extra shows. It was like August because it was right after took like a month off for no real reason whatsoever. So I was like, let me pump out a bunch of content that may help try to get people back. So one of the pieces was five guys you may see in the Atlantic League in 2022 or 2020, I
1: guess. It would be. Yes, I remember, remember that. that.
0: The yeah. first player listed is Aaron Altier. You are close. I know. So I tweeted that out earlier today when I woke up and I was going through Twitter to see what news came out. I saw that. I was like, I was kind of right. I've got the wrong league, and I got the wrong year, but I still got the player right. It was just a matter of time. So I'm waiting on the rest of them to come home to roost because now I'm one for five. Now I'm batting 200. Now I can stay in the lineup. So we just got to figure out who else is going to come over one more. and I'm in the Hall of Fame two for five, man. Love that. Yeah, so I saw that. I was really happy, really excited. So that's just, uh, I just wanted to point that out too. But yeah, Aaron Altier is a really nice addition. Pete's building himself a team. He also added Dwayne Marshall too, who was a really good pitcher in uh, Skylands last year. You know, so I'm, I'm really kind of high on uh, Tri City. I'm looking forward to that preview.
1: Look, Tri- I mean, Tri City knows what's at stake for them this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, th- there's a lot of, there's they they got it. They got to. It's got to be the year. You know
0: yeah it has to be especially for and I can't believe I can say this friend of the show Pete and Caviglia that's pretty cool I know isn't that cool I just like (laughs) that was a great interview I know it really was people should go back and listen to that interview yeah beginning of the year like you just gotta go back like about about 10 episodes and it's there I think we're good now I think we got everything taken care of oh yeah Yeah. alright so then uh, as every week until next time don't forget
1: to play ball